Virtually Analog, a podcast about video games, board games, and the ever-blurring line between. I'm Lex, and I love board games. I'm Matthew, and I love video games. Every week, we usually discuss a video game, a board game, and some game-related news, but uh, I think we there's been a few episodes where we've kind of gone off the rails, and this is going to be another one of those. Um, we hear a lot of feedback that the the episodes where we change format are some of people's favorites so we're not gonna we don't really uh, stick to the script too much um but uh you know we're, we're we're hoping you guys still enjoy listening we're gonna still kind of you know stick to what we know what we what we enjoy and that's mostly video games and board games uh but i think on this episode we might kind of we'll see see where the spirit takes us <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, I think um, you know, there it's it's a hard time of year. Um there's just not a whole lot usually launching, especially the year, you know, like the next few years we're really going to start seeing the effects of the pandemic and of the quarantine where, you know, all the games that came out last year had already been in development for at least a few years, you know. And so mm-hmm. we're going to I think we're going to start hitting that drought of, you know, games that got canceled or delayed because of the, of the uh, yeah. pandemic. And I think like 2021 into 2022, you know, just the way that the game cycle, both video games and board games, the way that the cycle goes, um, you know, it's it's that's going to make things kind of hard. So I think um, we will talk about some of the games that we are excited for this year. Hopefully they do come out. Like I just said, <laughs> think, like everything's kind of up in the air. You never know, um, at least in the board game sphere, a, a lot of publishers are kind of worried about their Kickstarters. Uh, there's just yeah. not there's not a whole lot of shipping containers available right now. I heard recently from a board game publisher that China is operating with 10% of their normal uh, shipping container fleet. And so that's wild. <laughs> like, so they keep dumping them in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's kind of uh it's it's a weird time and so we're just gonna make make do with what we can that being said i just got a um a kickstarter that uh i've been waiting on since since last year uh it's a game called canvas have you heard of this game matthew no canvas like a painting yeah exactly okay. like a painting and, and one oh the- is this that the one that you talked about where it's like literally you're making a painting we talked about it like episode three or something i I, we might Um, have and and literally the only reason why i back this on kickstarter is because they they have this gimmick with the game where the box art looks beautiful and they made this decision not to put any title or board game designer or any text on the box itself it literally looks like a painting and it comes in this this kind of cardboard sleeve that you tuck the game into and when you're looking at it straight on and even to the sides and below it looks like a like an actual canvas that a painting's on and on the back they have a little like hole where you can hang it up on your wall so so my <laughs> that's awesome. i'm so excited to hang this game up on my wall and then like have someone over and then be like you know, oh, we should play a game. What game do you want to play? And then I just walk over to the wall and take off. The <laughs> so quirky, man. Yeah. Um, I want to play this 
painting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just loved the idea of that, <laughs> and so I had to I had to own it. So I I backed it on Kickstarter, and it turns out the game is really fun as well. Um, you have these three paintings that you're trying to complete, and you're drafting cards in order to um to put them together to complete these paintings but what's really really neat about the game is that the cards are transparent and each card either has like something in the background foreground or middle ground uh like you know uh, a, a a thing of trees you know if you want to go bob ross with it or whatever um <laughs> and, and they have these symbols that you're trying to um reach these uh end goals with the symbol whenever you complete a painting you get ribbons based off of like how well you're able to get these symbols to line up and um the symbols can kind of overlap with each other so how the order that you put them into the sleeve makes a difference as well so it, it creates this really interesting puzzle of well i can take this one um i could take this card not only does it look cool but I could line these symbols up. But if I take this other one, that might line up with my symbols better um, and get me more points. And it's just this really neat, like, kind of sec, uh, set collection mechanic that ended up being way more fun, uh, both multiplayer and solo, than I thought it was going to be. Um, hmm. I played it solo last night, and it, it you do a couple things to change, you know, to kind of emulate playing with another person. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really relaxing and really fun. You know, it, I love these games where when I buy them because of a gimmick. Last week, we talked about the Adventure Zone game. You know, I only bought it because it has the Adventure Zone theme. I, I feel like there's more and more of these people who are understanding good game design. And they say, you know, oh, I can make this game that is going to be good, but it also has this theme or this gimmick that makes it different and and they're succeeding with that um i think that's really really neat so yeah i feel like you know all picking a gimmick for your game yeah. is always a safe bet right <laughs> because 50 percent of the time it will turn out great and the gimmick will like be the most fun part about the game yeah. and then the other 50 percent of the time the gimmick is like you just like this is just a gimmicky game there's no actual meat and potatoes here it's all just like based around a silly gimmick like right. a bunch of nintendo games yeah um like the every mario game that comes out you're like oh wow mario is now an origami you know but um, oh half the time oh, it works we, out great okay you know? okay this is going to be our first uh off the rail conversation we have to talk about have you watched the new trailer for the uh, Mario 3D World and Bowser's, Bowser's Fury? Fury? Yes, <laughs> Bowser's Fury. The end of that trailer where Mario turns into a Super Saiyan lion <laughs> and attacks and faces off against a kaiju Bowser. It was just absolutely... <laughs> he turns into a Gigamax Pokemon. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've heard the comparison Pokemon. to Gigamax Pokemon. I have heard the comparison to, like... Uh, <laughs> Goku. Goku and Super Saiyan Goku, and also, like, uh, uh, Chaos Sonic. Like, yeah. <laughs> all these things that are kind of, like, jumping the shark. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. It, it, do it yourself looks really a favor, fun. listener. If you haven't seen this trailer, go watch it. And like the first forty-five seconds of the game, you're like, okay, this looks like a typical Nintendo advertisement for a Mario game. 
And it's like, okay, you know, you can play with other people and that looks it's like, fun. yeah, fun. Another 3D Mario. This right. is like, right. you know, and just I, pretty and, typical. And I think, it, yeah, I think it looks good, but not really anything that we haven't seen too much already. And then like with 15 seconds left in the ad, this like hard <laughs> rock metal music comes on it starts getting <laughs> yeah. dark and stormy and rainy and then mario jumps up to like a giant i don't even it's not a mushroom like is, it's what, a bell yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole gimmick with the mario 3d world game was turning into a furry mario right, right turning into a cat, cat suit, mario yeah. and luigi and toad <laughs> and stuff and then this is just like it combines like this idea of like not only furries but also like vor like, <laughs> wait 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 where did you get that because he turned into giant mario it's like oh. kaiju bowser you know like <laughs> he's got a vor bowser yeah <laughs> but yeah that's yeah, i know totally your dad listens to this podcast that. and i don't want him looking up what vor <laughs> yeah. is don't look it up <laughs> no just don't please don't look please up. god if you don't know what for the love is, of all this please holy. do not look up what vor is spare my poor father one of my you know six listeners of this podcast i don't want to lose him too <laughs> anyway let's yeah but that game it does it almost sold me on that you know like yeah but at the same time you know i was like what it's just uh i they already made 3d world like yeah bowser's fury better like give me at least like 30 hours of gameplay or more right. if I'm going to spend 60 bucks on just a shiny new coat of paint on I it. think they really needed to do something different, like you said. Um, and I think they are doing that with this Bowser's Fury thing. Um, but the trailer is just buck wild. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm welcoming. <laughs> I like, I love weird stuff. And, you know, Japanese culture and Nintendo, you know, they're known for their weird stuff, but this yeah. just hit me in a way that I was not expecting at all. It was it was something I did read, I think today was uh you know Captain Toad that game, yeah. Treasure Tracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people really loved it and I was tempted to get it this past year. I, I decided to spend my money on Pikmin 3 instead, sure. which was a ton of fun. But uh, apparently they're going to add more little mini games of Captain Toad oh. into this new version of you know, awesome. Mario 3D World. Yeah. And it's going to be four player. Ooh. So that's going to be yes. super exciting. Yeah, four player. Now, I don't know if they're doing, is it four player couch co-op only or is there going to be online? Do we that's know? That's a good question. We, I don't I think don't. we know yet. Um, and if it is online, you know Nintendo's reputation for online play. Yeah, uh, you know it's <laughs> granted you would hope that this is i mean you can you get much simpler than captain toad treasure tracker like <laughs> it can't be bad enough where you can't play that right yeah yeah hopefully but we'll see yeah yeah the game looks fun cool um sweet what well, else so, is going yeah, on what else are you looking forward to this year in terms of releases oh what, what do we got yeah something game? something that was on my mind and like thousands of other players minds was i just wanted more news on the new silk song game the sequel to hollow knight um, oh sure yeah i'm i'm very yeah. close to buying hollow knight i really want to uh, buy it yeah. it's pretty punishing you know but yeah. equally rewarding yeah uh, it's just everyone describes it as like oh it's just the the dark souls metroidvania yeah which is a actually a good way to describe it but yeah. uh so much fun if you love 
high difficulty games with you know high reward. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I've really uh, been. It's wanting, a Metroidvania, so I've really been wanting to get it. I've really been wanting to get into Splunky Two, and uh, mm -hmm. the same kind of thing where it's like it's very difficult but very fun and rewarding. Um, I've also really yeah. wanted to get into Cuphead, same kind of thing. Um, I just yeah, I think once you get that taste for like higher difficulty, yeah. there's something that keeps you coming back. It's like, I'm just so know. bad at video games. <laughs> there's a reason why i play board games and it's because i just I, I grew up a nintendo kid and so i feel like i played a lot of like kiddy baby games you know like we sports <laughs> no shame there no not I did too. not really games yeah. that like yeah but you eventually graduated to like xbox and ps1 yeah, games PS2, that's yeah, yeah yeah and, the jack and daxter and games where, got pretty hard a lot of them yeah where you really needed to start like honing your your dexterity for for that kind of you know like your your apm and stuff mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. i i just uh I never really got into that, so you know I'm usually a button masher, like a, like some sort of <laughs> yeah. Neanderthal. I just like pick up a <laughs> controller with my you know and just start mashing the buttons as much as I can. I kind of did that through my game through uh, through my playthrough of Hades, which is a testament to how good that game is because not only can you play that game like really methodical and really technical, and like people I've watched speedrunners play it like extremely well and like the stuff that they can do but then it's also a good game for a, a big dummy like me who can just like bull rush their way through the game <laughs> yeah uh just watch that countdown and then press it again yeah that's it's, basically it's all you need really, to know really it's a really good flexible game like like I, it's one of the best i've, I've yeah seen and th that's really something to be said is yeah. like for those rogue like yeah. or games where you have or they're very ability based you know like uh, I don't know. Diablo comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Not quite as difficult or as fun, but uh, yeah. where you really just relying on those like five abilities that you have or right. the four of them. That is such an interesting challenge to design a game that is based around only using three or four abilities, you know, but making it f as fun as Hades was. Right. And giving um, you a bunch of different like specs and like ways to play the game in your best way like in the way that you prefer to play it right uh like, you know, like i was talking to your brother nate and his favorite uh his favorite weapon is the bow and arrow and i hate that thing you know like freaking loser nate's a very, no man nate's a very like methodical <laughs> technical player you know he likes playing you know super smash bros brawl you know and like he's able to like do those kind of combo type moves uh and very <laughs> yeah you know very do you mean melee uh yeah yeah <laughs> no but i know exactly what you mean that uh uh no he's not a melee player is he yeah he well well in college i think oh, in college, um yeah. you know in his graduate school he played sure. melee i know melee buddies. is like no i was never a melee guy man. more like technical it's too to, too much yeah compared to brawl ultimate is like the perfect place for me because it's just like brawl was you know a lot of people consider step down from melee sure, yeah. in terms of like difficulty, which was perfect for me because I was a little, you know, yeah. snot who <laughs> didn't, I didn't commit hours and hours to brawl just when right. I had buddies to play with. And then Smash 4 was just a, a step up from brawl. And now Ultimate is essentially a step up from Smash 4. Right. Um, I fully agree that uh, 
there's something about melee that makes it so much different. But yeah, yeah. it's they're, they're like they're the same fighting game, but they're totally different. There's and a it's great, way too much. There's for a me. great documentary you can watch on YouTube about the um, the melee uh, competitive scene. Um, it was made a couple mm. of years ago, probably like five, maybe even um, ten years ago at this point. Uh, but just like it's, you still see a lot of those characters in that documentary. Like they're still competing in melee tournaments, um, and it's just really cool. yeah. What's that called? Isn't it called like? Uh... The gods of Smash. It's about the 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 four. Well, maybe I'm thinking. Of a no, different I one. think you, that's exactly right. Yeah, like the four kind oh, okay. of what they consider like the gods of Smash or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's actually Nate showed me that. Yeah, uh, it's documentary. A really it's really cool documentary. Um, yeah. Speaking of documentaries and your brother Nate, uh, he sent me a documentary about AlphaGo, um, which is this. I don't. Have you heard about that, Matt? Uh, you might have to fill me yeah, in. Yeah, so AlphaGo was this um, AI program developed by Google uh, that they were trying to create an artificial intelligence program that could beat the world's best Go player. And oh, I don't know, right. Go is the ancient Chinese that, game, right? right yeah, right, the, where you lay the stones. Game. Yeah, you lay stones, black and white stones, and it's considered to be like one of the most complicated games. There's more. Like, you know how chess has, like, a ton of different, like, states that it could be, right? Mm -hmm, well, there's mm -hmm. more states in Go than there are particles in the universe. <laughs> like... What? <laughs> what? No, I'm serious. Like, it's crazy how many different, like, things that there could be in Go. Um, that sounds... Yeah, that sounds, like, made up. Like, <laughs> I trust you, but it sounds like... I, according to this documentary, that's what I remember from this documentary. <laughs> okay. I'll have to go watch it yeah. myself. Uh, but it's on YouTube. It's really well done. Um, the Smash documentary was obviously done by, like, amateurs. It's really good, but it's obviously, like, there's some parts that are kind of cringy. It's not super well edited, but it's really still worth watching. Yeah, it's from people who know what they're talking about, right? For the most part, yeah. You know? the The documentary on Go, you know, obviously it follows this team with Google, and so it's really, really highly produced, really right. great interviews. It's free to watch on YouTube. It's like an hour and a half, I think. And when your brother sent sent it to me, I was like, "Oh yeah, I've watched this twice already." <laughs> I, I I watched it once. I just stumbled upon it on YouTube. And I, I watched it once all the way through. It was absolutely riveting. I couldn't stop watching it. And then I made my wife watch it with me right after I finished watching it. I was like, you have to watch <laughs> this. This is so cool. Um, and it, yeah, it really made me want to play Go. It's it's really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I had no idea that Go was such a crazy game and that it was such a challenge for Google to like... And what was crazy, it was like during this time people were pretty convinced that AI would never kind of be good enough to like get to this point. Like this is way before we had self-driving cars and like, you know, Siri on our phones and like, you know, like, now we have this idea that, you know, AI is, is, is really, really powerful. You know, is this really powerful thing back then there wasn't that thing. So like, these people had the vision of like being like, no, we can do this now. Like the computer processing power is good enough where we can make something like this. And then they did. Mm. And it was, yeah, it was really crazy. Uh, I don't want to. That's swear. scary. If it was that long ago. Sheesh. Yeah. Like where it's come to now. 
Yeah, there was, something, my, there was something. There was something in the. Um, there was some recent news about the AlphaGo team. Uh, I can't remember what the name of that team is called. It's not called AlphaGo anymore, but um, the team that it sounds developed, like a Power Rangers, team. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> they apparently, uh, when they were reporting their numbers for last year, they reported like millions of dollars of deficit. Like they just lost a crazy amount of money. Uh, but the thing is, is they're they're a research development team, so of course they're going to be losing money, right? Like yeah. that's the point of research is not to get you a product, right? Like you, there's a yeah, it's you're just supposed to... to dump money, and Google completely under, or I guess it's Alphabet, but they completely understand the fact that like that you know it, it, in order to get the data that they are collecting. And like the research and the technology that they're getting from this team is not quantifiable in terms of cash output, right? Mm, and right. so it's like, yeah, of course they're going to be sinking millions of dollars in this program and they're not going to be seeing that return in the investment initially. Uh, but Google was like, you know, yeah, they lost money, but we're still really confident in this program. We have no you know, we're not going to shut them down anytime soon. Like we're making billions of dollars in all the other, you know, <laughs> assets of our company. We can afford to, to sink a couple hundred mil into this. If uh, anyone can into this thing. So anyway, another one of our sidetracking rants that we're going on here, but yeah, let's get back on target. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about a game that I'm excited about this year. Cool. Um, so there is a game that I backed last year on Kickstarter it's from Leader Games, who everybody, if you've heard this podcast before, you know how much I just am a Leader Games fanboy. They're kind of like, I th I think of them as like the Nintendo of the board game world, honestly. Um, all of their IPs are super unique and cute and uh, just really, really, their, their whole um, look and feel of all their games are super consistent and super like on brand and uh you know i think that there's a lot of comparisons that can be made to them hmm. um and so i they anyway leader games um cole worley who de uh designed root has his newest game coming out it's uh supposed to come out sometime in march or april and that's when the kickstarter backers are supposed to start getting their copies um the last time they gave us an update, they, like I said, they were very nervous about those ETAs. I think that they just are not sure if the game is going to get produced in time. And I don't really blame mm. them. But anyway, I haven't even mentioned the name of the game yet. The game is called Oath. Um, Leader Games loves their four-letter word <laughs> titles for the game. They have Root, they have Fort, and now they have oath um and yeah oath is this it's gonna be the biggest boxed game that they've ever produced it comes in this huge huge box with this big neoprene mat um matthew you and i actually played this game on tabletop simulator do you remember that oath uh let me think <laughs> I, I was looking i'm trying to look it up and see like yeah. Get my uh, memory going about yeah. it. Yeah, we played Chronicles, it once on Tabletop uh, Simulator, and I don't blame you for. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, the the pieces I remember and the cards. Yeah, that was the most memorable thing to me. Yeah. as as not not super 
board gamer, you know, savvy, I was like, wow, this looks like super pretty. All of the art. Yeah. Yeah. It looks exactly like uh, Root. Right. The the art is done by Kyle Farron, which once again, as you guys know, I just I will buy any board game that Carl Farron does uh, that Kyle Farron does the artwork for. I think he's what's really impressive about his um, aesthetic is that all all of his games are so recognizable. Like you said, like when you look at Oath or when you look at Oath's artwork, you know that it's the same guy that did Root, you know, like they're mm-hmm. very sim- mm-hmm. But if you really take a second to look closer and like look at the art styles, they're very unique when it comes from game to game. Um, and I think that's really cool that he is cool. really, really good at like having this really unique style, but is able to kind of um, twist that for each project that he works on that makes everything look and feel unique. And Oath is kind of this huge, um, epic board game that talks about... And every every game that you're playing is kind of a story in the saga right uh everybody plays as these right, everybody yeah. plays as these different factions one person playing the chancellor who's like the current ruler who's trying to keep his his uh grips on this domain and then you have these other factions that are trying to vie for power and like um you know score victory points in their own way and you have all these cards that kind of support this like fantasy theme it's very much like it's it's kind of like a cartoonish i i I don't want to use the word cartoonish because that makes it sound very like infantile but it's very like man if you just have to i'll have i'll post um obviously i'll post the the info for this game and on the website but it's kind of like a lord of the rings feel like that epicness Mm, and that's and that's that big like sweeping saga but what's really really cool about this game and what i'm most excited about is usually when you're playing a board game and this is what makes board games different from video games is that when you're done with a board game you pack it up and you put it away and the next time you want to play you take it out and you reset up and you're kind of running through the same story over and over again right Hmm. And now there are legacy games now that have come out where you change the game fundamentally and you are playing through a story. And once you're done with that game, you can't really play it again. Right. Um, Right. What Oath is going to do, what I hope it does and what it promises to do is to have this game where every time you play it, you're, you're adding different cards into the decks. And, you know, if, if you, um, played like a temple to the map, um, the next time you play, instead of the temple there, you put like ruins of that temple there. Rubble. Yeah. Um, and, and that like changes what it does at that space. And like, um, there's all these like really, really cool mechanics that, where it's not quite a legacy game where you're like destroying components or like completely altering the game, but you're also like telling different stories and different eras of this land um, that is going to change the gameplay from here on out. I think it's just really, really cool. That's so cool. Uh, Cole, yeah, like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, well, how how does uh, how does it stay in place? Like, do yeah. you just le- literally leave your board? No, set so up? that's what's like, so cool is that. Um, the game is going to come with this insert 
where and and the rule book is going to tell you exactly how you pack the game away and where you put certain decks and it has like dividers and stuff so that the game ah. the game itself will remember like the uh, the choices and the effects of games that have been played previously um and that's something that's just so cool about it and like and the problem i have with current legacy games most legacy games i should say is that once you start with a group of people you need that same group of people to play with you again and again and again until you complete it right um mm -hmm. and so like that's what happened with gloomhaven is like i love gloomhaven and i still play it from time to time um and there are some mechanics where like you can have people join and leave and stuff but for the most part, you want the same people playing with you on a, on each of these missions. Um, and when quarantine happened, we had to stop meeting to play. And so, you know, now the that game is just kind of sitting on my shelf unplayed. Where with Oath, you know, I can play it on... It, there's a really good solo mode, so you can play it by yourself. You can play it two-player with that AI that you use for the solo mode. You could play three player, four player, and then once you're done, you put the game away, and then the next time you play, you can play with a completely different group of people and just like dive right into it again. Um hmm. and it comes with the the Kickstarter version comes with this really cool leather bound book where you keep track of like things that have happened in past games. And so like if you're wondering why a you know, a place starts off with a ruins or whatever. You can look that up in the book and like, I, it's just really, really cool. That's awesome. So it sounds like they're, they're literally trying to make a new kind of mechanic for board gaming. Yeah. That is like, this is exactly, it's all the game is. It's like, it's centered exactly around this like idea of, um, a new type of legacy game yeah. that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, 100%. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I think that, like, Cole, Wor uh, Cole Worley, the designer, has some really, really cool designer diaries. If you are if you like reading and you like, like, learning about the backstory behind, like, why he made some of these decisions, uh, I highly suggest you check it out. I'll also post links to those on the episode notes. Um, they're real. They're, he posted a ton of different designer diaries, uh, and they're pretty long. But he's really well spoken. He studies history. Uh, he comes from like a history background. He used to teach college and uh, college level history and stuff. Yeah, he's just a really smart dude and uh, and really like laid out exactly like what made him want to make this game. And a big reason for that was like he loves storytelling, right? And he was just really unsatisfied with the way board games did storytelling hmm. and he wanted a game that told a story in its mechanics rather than just in flavor text right a lot of right, like, story right rather than just board a games, typical legacy game right a lot of storytelling board games are just like oh you play this card and you read this text and that's you know why it is what it is or whatever um this game and i think like spirit island does this really good like really well is like spirit island is a completely different designer but if you want to talk about like epic games that tell stories just with their mechanics i think spirit island is a great um yeah uh, example of it where it's like you feel like this powerful spirit 
doing things to stop these invaders and when the invaders go you you can kind of like get into the story of like these invaders spreading and building and stuff um without any type of flavor text or any of that stuff so uh i think oath is gonna be very much like that but it's gonna be a competitive game which is different um i've been trying to get more into competitive games but i think it's gonna be a competitive game where i'm not going to be that focused on winning i'm gonna be more focused on like telling a cool story I'd rather like do something really cool and have that go down in the archives that like, even though I might not have overthrown the chancellor and won the game, at least I know that like, I can always go back to that page in that book and be like, Oh yeah, that's when I like almost pulled off this really cool fit, like mechanic or like this, you know, scheme and overthrew the chancellor, but I was just not close enough. And then that's why the game is different today as we're playing it, you know? Um, yeah, so anyway, I could talk for, Oath. Uh, I could talk about Oath for hours. Um, the, I'll, I'm going to post a bunch of leaks about Oath in the episode notes, but, uh, the other thing that's really cool that I highly recommend people look into if they're interested at all in this game is someone made a website where you can look at all of the cards. And like you said, Matthew, one of the most impressive things about this game is the artwork on the cards. Uh, and Kyle Farron did so much work with so many different, like, really, really cool um, visual stuff with these cards. And it's like, even if you don't care about board games at all, if you just like was cool he, art, you can look that up. Was he the artist? Like, he made the art for everything he did in the game? Everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so there's like, there's over, I don't know, 200 cards in this game. And yeah, I think it's. I think I was looking at the website, and I think it said that in uh, Root there was a hundred or so, yeah. and it it was showing that in Oath there's over three hundred. Yeah, so yeah, I believe it. And Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Farron, none of the artwork is repeated. Kyle Farron made a like artwork for each individual card. The board is beautiful, and you can look at you know that on there too. Um, yeah, I just really really recommend. Um, even checking out this game Man. i'm not positive i'm recommend like i need to get the game and play it first before i like recommend uh buying it uh your brother peter matt was like is this when i was telling you guys about this game your brother peter was like hey where can i buy this game and i was like actually you can't yet uh this game is not <laughs> even out um and even when it does come out it's gonna be very very expensive um the the kickstarter for this game was was pretty hefty as well but when you think about how much how much you know how much artwork got poured into these cards like you said over 300 cards all the components there's just so many components you know you kind of get what you pay for and if i play this game for hours and hours and hours and hours you know i'm getting my money's worth is the way i see it but mm. um yeah i i think that uh if you know uh, you know, once I get my hands on it, and that's why I'm that's why I've talked about it so much this episode. It's like it's definitely the game I am looking forward to this year um, the most. And once I get my hands on it and play it a little bit, I think I'll have a better like, you know, you guys need to sell your kidneys to buy this game or, you know, don't worry about it. Just, <laughs> you know, play other these other games. We'll have a personal stuff. testimony at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if it sounds to me like you're you're pretty thirsty for like, you know, just a good story driven game. And I was like, 
Lex, you should just play some Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. you know, and then you can just <laughs> dive in. It's actually really, but, really funny that you say that um, because I'm actually about to uh, I, one. I already play Pathfinder. I have a Pathfinder group, which I adore. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. We we meet we almost meet twice uh, twice a month. Uh, sometimes it's it's more or less, but I really have been enjoying Pathfinder a lot. I'm also going to start running a group, hopefully, um, with my brother and some of his friends, of uh, the Root RPG, which is coming out. Um, yeah, so um, Leader Games, and um, I, I, they're teaming up with some sort of RPG company. They have put out... And I have, I'm looking at it right now. It's kind of a um, intro guide to running a root RPG set in the root universe. You're playing as little forest creatures, you know, playing out the um, kind of uh, RPG um, things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing that as well. Um, what, so what's different? That sounds super fun. What's different about uh, RPGs in my eyes is that it's not nearly as structured as a game like oath would be you know yeah of um, course yeah i think there's a lot of like stuff out there for all sorts of different rpgs that you can get into and i love like hearing about this stuff and like i said i've really enjoyed pathfinder but what's really nice about oath is it just comes in one box you know and like and <laughs> and you kind of you don't need one person creating this world the world has already been created for you right you're just shaping the world as it goes along whereas when you do an rpg one person has to be the dungeon master and it's almost like they're not really they're not a player right um Mm. and that person really has to love being a dungeon master in order for it to succeed right um right so yeah that's that's kind of you know my thoughts on it i I, i'm i'm not trying to bash rpgs at all i don't know are you in a dnd no well i i've been in a few and run a few um different ones and i'm trying to get back into the process of running a another one for some previous players but you know just not putting enough time into um setting it up yeah but yeah i think that that kind of storytelling is something that i am starting to itch for more and more um sure and yeah, like what you were talking about about root, any basically anything that is themed like forest animals, you know, like makes me think of recently I read the I read it a long time ago when I was like probably eight years old or something, but the the Redwall series, anything right. that is themed around that. I think is super stimulating any video game or yeah. now there's going to be an RPG based off a board game. You know, I think that sounds super fun. If you like that, um, if you're into that theme, dude, first of all, you need to get the root, uh, mobile game so we can play that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then if you, I, I'll ask Jono, but I don't think he would be, uh, I, I, I think we would be down for, you know, uh, letting you join us for the for this campaign that I'm starting. Sure, because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But anyway, um, well, yeah. Another question I had for sure. you was uh, a long time ago when I was trying to get into D and D. You know, like running campaign. Mm. I was at a shop, like a board game shop, looking for you know pre made campaigns sure. to start with. Um, and then I was we, I Nathan and I we were asking the. Uh, 
you know, the employee about like their suggestions. And the employee basically told us she, she was like, yeah, uh, Pathfinder is like super, super, um, intense about like rules. Yeah. And like, if you want to like eat and like sleep and you have to keep track of all this stuff. And I think that's really stimulating. She was really trying to sell us on that. And Nate, <laughs> just the way she was describing it, Nate and I were totally like turned sour from the idea of playing Pathfinder because apparently yeah. it's just D and D with more like rules and mathematics is like the way she made it sound. Yeah. But yeah, from somebody who's played the game, what, what is your perspective on that's it? A great, that's a great uh, point. And I think that it can be like that. What's kind of cool about Pathfinder and true. And this is true with any RPG um, is that it's really as methodical as you want it to be. Right. Um, so like RDM does not make us worry about, you know, making sure we have food. sleeping and <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's not hardcore mode of Skyrim right, or like right, exactly. you know, fallout or whatever. And, and, and like the most important thing about any, like if about any of this, the most important thing about RPGs, board games, video games, whatever, is that it's fun. Right. And so I think my, mm. my DM, um, or I should say GM, um, I think that my GM does a really great job of like just kind of being adaptable. But what's cool about Pathfinder is that like that stuff is there if you want it. Um, right. And so, okay. I, you know, obviously, this but you person, wouldn't say that like if you want to run a very basic game, it's a, it doesn't necessarily force you to be super rule heavy no. and stuff. Or would you say that it kind of leans more that way in comparison to other? One hundred percent. I think brands. That, Okay. Um, that, you know, obviously, you know, D and D is one of the most popular ones. D and D is pretty rules heavy too, to be honest. If you're like, if you're playing with a G with a DM who like really, really understands how five E works and like really makes you follow all of those rule sets, it can actually be kind of tedious as well. Um, mm. but you yeah. know, Pathfinder what's cool about pathfinder is that um i i really like the mechanics of combat more in pathfinder than i do in uh 5e dnd fifth edition i should say fifth edition uh dungeons and dragons um i think that there's just way more tools at your disposal and also flexibility in terms of what you do on your turn uh yeah dungeons and dragons is like you know, just like I attempt this and then if I roll good, then I do it, you know, like, <laughs> and, and that's pretty much it. Unless you're a fighter or whatever, who has like second actions and stuff. Um, Pathfinder, you know, you have like uh, three actions um, that you can take and uh, some more powerful actions take up two of those slots. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get too into the mechanics of like, you know, I, really what we need is a RPG expert on our show. We need at the beginning of our show, we need, you know, I'm me <laughs> saying, Lex, I love board games. And you saying, I'm Matt and I love video games. And then we need some third person to be like, I'm Aaron and I love tabletop RPGs. You know, like really, it's like, <laughs> you know, a whole different beast. We need, we need, this actually needs to, this podcast needs four co hosts. We need someone who loves video games. <laughs> 
someone who loves board games, someone who likes tabletop RPGs, and someone who likes miniature games. Um, like, like our 40... <laughs> yeah, like a Warhammer. Yeah, our, our or... 40k Warhammer players. Um, so, you know, we're taking applications. If you're interested in co-hosting the podcast with us <laughs> and you're into those things, uh, let us know. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the best person. All I know is that I really have enjoyed D&D when I played it. Uh, I'm really enjoying Pathfinder now. I think that they're very similar, but also different in really interesting ways. And yeah, I think that um, the hardest thing about RPGs and like keeping an RPG going is having a uh, a dungeon master or, or a game master who is willing to keep putting the effort into it. Um, and that's right. so hard. Like I've tried running my my own campaign. And like I said, I'm going to be trying this root, these root campaigns. You, I don't think people un, uh, really appreciate how much goes into writing campaigns and like managing everything when they're playing and like, yeah. And like knowing all the rules, all the ins and outs for everything. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And so like it is only in all of that for only to have like, you know, players who flake and like, right. Oh my gosh. But you know, that's just every player. You can't really complain about I know that every people campaign. have stuff going on. Like if it's a board right. game, I'm totally fine. Like if, if I'm, if I'm getting together a group of people to play a board game and someone has to bail, I'm like, Oh, that's totally fine. But if I'm getting together with a group of people and I know that someone had to put a bunch of work into prepping a campaign and then someone bails that's a whole different story that's like it's kind of a slap to the face isn't it like this stepping on this we could have a whole episode on board game etiquette and i think we might need to (laughs) um but yeah i think we're running pretty long here and i wanted this to be a shorter episode but this is what happens when we don't have a format matthew i just take over and i talk for hours it was kind of refreshing (laughs) i think you know after some crazy weeks yeah but you're right Anyway, all good things must. Yeah, Matthew, do you want to do you want to talk about anything else before we wrap up here? Um, you know, not really. I, I was trying to think of fun topics. Really, the only new kind of gaming experience I've been having recently is uh, uh, the Epic Game Store. Recent, they give away free game mm-hmm. like every month. You know, um, and they gave away battlefront 2 yeah the uh, star wars game that up as well yeah yeah and uh jumped into it with my buddy duncan and we have been playing it you know we played a couple good long sessions and it was it's been really fun to dive into that but um there you know there's a lot wrong with that game and there's a lot (laughs) that they do right but i was just thinking like man it seems like for so long, for so many years, there was such a lack of Star Wars games in general. Yeah. I never played like Kodor or, um, you know, like Knights, Knights of the Old Republic or, or other Star Wars games that had come out since then. But uh, I feel like there's just such a lack of like quality Star Wars games. I haven't touched this or heard anything about this new Star Wars Squadrons one that came out. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, there, there's been... Uh, I suppose there's been there's been a lot. What am I saying? There's been a lot, but um, oh, didn't they? Uh, I just want well, more. Is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Did they just? <laughs> was it Star Wars that like EA just gave up the rights to, or am I thinking of something else? I don't know. Maybe I, I missed that news. If it is yeah, true, but... I think that they did. Hang on, let me look it up. EA Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess yeah. it's just like scratched U- an itch for me. Yes, because like, U- Ubisoft is making a Star Wars open world game. 
Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. I was hearing Ubisoft all these just people... announced the Star Wars open world game, and that's ending EA's exclusivity. So, so I think that EA still has the rights, like some rights to the Star Wars, but they are not exclusive anymore. Like other game developers mm. can make Star Wars games now. Cool. I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, Ubisoft. Yeah, they're kind of take what you will about that kind of yeah, news, but they're kind of. I'm not too bothered. <laughs> I'm not, I won't pay $60 for a new game if it's bad. I always wait for right. reviews and other players yeah. to tell me that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it opens it up for more uh, options. You yeah, know? Lego and Star Wars, I, baby. Yes. Give it to us. <laughs> Just give us some more. Honestly, we don't need any other genre of Star Wars game than Lego. They just kind of perfected it, didn't they? <laughs> no, I, I need more. I need more Lego Star Wars games. I need the Mandalorian yeah. Lego Star Wars game. Oh, yeah. Don't don't tempt me. <laughs> okay. And the Boba Fett Lego Star Let's Wars Let's end game. this. Let's end this. All, All right. right. Uh, if you want to email us, we, we're kind of dry on emails uh, recently. So please, we love, love, love getting those emails and we love reading them on the show. Uh, yeah. And uh, please review the podcast yeah. on Apple. It's been a while since we got a review. So if you have anything to say about us, good or bad, please yeah. leave a review. Please don't trash us. Just good. If, you, if you're going to say something bad, <laughs> Only just, good. I can't handle that. Uh, yeah, we'll block and report you. I have, if you, <laughs> I have not, anything less I have than five not reached the level of internet celebrity where i have a thick enough skin to take <laughs> trolls yet so please don't do that um we, we're not able to pay people to do that for yeah, us yet yeah. so uh yeah you can email us at virtually analog at gmail.com you can find past episodes of the show at virtually analog uh dot info um you can share the show using that link please we don't pay for any advertising so really uh, word of mouth is the only way that we spread news about the show. We recently passed uh, 1,500 downloads, which is wild to me. Mm -hmm. I think that's incredible that you guys are listening to the show and sharing it. And just keep that up, please, because we want to keep doing this. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, the more people that do it, the more we'll, 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 the better the show will get. So um, you can. That's not a promise, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the same quality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening uh, and sharing. Yeah, yeah. And you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash virtually analog. I've been a little bit slower with um, streaming recently, but I, I'm going to be getting back on that horse. Uh, we streamed once last week, and that was pretty fun. I definitely want to do more. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, we'll definitely have more content coming up. But um, thanks again to Pale for the really great interview. Um, please go listen to that if you haven't already. Our last episode was an interview with a speedrunner from Awesome Games Done Quick. And it was a lot of fun to do that interview. And uh, he did great. So I, I'm hoping to have him on again at some point in the future. Yeah, go give that a listen. That was our last episode. Yeah, so cool. Well, I think that is it. Uh, so thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.